Well, hey everyone. Welcome to episode 174 of F-Stop Collaborate and Listen. This week's episode features a photographer new to the scene who has been absorbing as much as possible as she can in 2020 to become a better photographer. Meet Bree Stockwell. Bree challenged herself with what she calls an impossible goal to exhibit 10 of her best images in 2020. What a year to pick. Through this challenge, Bree has learned a lot about herself which has opened several doors in her life. Bree and I discussed some interesting topics including this impossible goal, setting goals and the mindset needed to complete them, other benefits of goal setting for both her and I as in our lives as photographers, learning photography and what has worked and what has not worked, the role of encouragement in landscape photography, and much more. And I really do believe that even well-established professionals can gain some insight in listening to this episode, um, as I think Bree's uh, mindset and her approach are really refreshing, and I think you can get something out of it. Over on Patreon this week, Bree and I discussed the role of life coaching, what, he, what she has gained from it, and how you might benefit from it as well as a photographer. Well, before we get started with the episode, I wanted to let our listeners know about a unique opportunity to join one of our amazing former podcast guests and current Patreon supporter, Danny LeFrancois, on a nine-day adventure photographing in Newfoundland from May 30th to June 7th in 2021. Hopefully here in the United States, we can still we can travel by then. <laughs> According to Danny, Newfoundland is one of those places that when you visit, it will just really stick with you. It's raw, it's wild, and it's rugged. In May and June, it is prime time to experience dynamic weather and witness the icebergs float by after breaking off the Greenland ice shelf. Sounds like an amazing adventure to me. Visit BanffPhotoWorkshops.com or check out the link in the show notes for more information. Okay, let's get to the show. Awesome. Well, Bree Stockwell, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Matt. My pleasure. So, <laughs> should we start that over again? No, this is awesome. This is, this is great. I'm really excited that you reached out. Um, one of the goals that I've had for the podcast is to have conversations with all kinds of photographers, from from men and women to uh, people all ethnicities and experience levels. So, I'm interested to see where this conversation goes because you check a lot of boxes for this a person that maybe have not already been on the show. So maybe uh, let's start off with you telling the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, yeah. And by the way, thanks for having me. I, I did, I did reach out to you. I heard one of your podcasts and, and I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna email him. So, um, so here I am. Um, so I, a little bit, just I'll just give you a little bit of background about me. Um, I'm in my mid forties, so I'm not a I'm not super young. I'm not super, you know. Um, I'm 
hopping around. Um, I've been married to my husband for about 25 years. I have four awesome kids, three are adults. Yay, got them there. And um, I've got one teen <laughs> still left in the house. And we are actually planning on hosting um, an exchange student from Norway if all goes well and he can get his visa and we can make it all work with all of this coronavirus stuff. I'm really excited to have him in our home. He's just an awesome kid. Um, and yeah, that'll I do, be a cool experience. Oh, yeah. He'll be our third student that we've hosted. And um, and I really, I, I'm actually a coordinator with an exchange organization. So I've, I've interacted with students and their families from all over the world. Um, and so that's just been it's been um, mind opening for me to um, to be able to um, interact with people of all different cultures, um, to be able to go visit their homes, um, and and you know just spend time with them in in like smaller communities, which which I love. So um, so yeah, I've been doing that. Uh, I've been doing that for about five years since we moved to Austin, Texas. So. Oh. Um, yeah, I for love. some reason I thought you were in the Pacific Northwest. No, well, I just visited the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> well, that counts, right? <laughs> no, we. Uh, well, I grew up in California, and we lived on the East Coast for years. Um, that's where my husband's from, and now we've kind of met in the middle. Uh, we love, love, love Texas. Um, I don't hear that very often. I love from it lands from landscape photographers. Well, I'm new, so so there's that. I, you know, and and I am struggling a little bit uh, with that. There are places to go, um, and I'd love to. I, I maybe we can talk about that a little bit more um, as we kind of get into it. But uh, I, let's see. I'm trying to think of. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll, so I am a beginner. Um, I. I've had cameras kind of, you know, off and on for quite a while, but haven't really done anything with them. And more recently in the past couple of years, um, well, I had a, I had a Pentax. Oh, I don't even know, remember what I had. My husband bought it for me. It was like my first like real digital camera, a DSLR. And, but I didn't, it literally sat in the bag until I got out to take a couple pictures of my kids and I put it away. Um, so I always wanted to do more. So you were super excited to use it. it yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Well, I always had this idea of you know it's so romantic. I've got this DSLR and I'm gonna I'm gonna take pictures and it's gonna be great. And then I just didn't do anything, you know. And then uh -huh. when I did get it out, it was like uh, the the picture the the images were not that great because I didn't really take the time to figure out what it's doing. Um, not that if you take your time to figure out what you're doing, <laughs> the images are great as I'm learning, but, uh, but I, I always had that, that desire, but never really acted on it. So it's kind of just being a passive with my, with my photography. Um, and then I, I uh, like maybe two years ago, uh, I, I got a, I got a Sony, I got a crop sensor um, mirrorless Sony and which is really great. I, I got a couple lenses. Um, I toted that with me to, um, uh, uh, Costa Rica. We love Costa Rica, by the way. Um, and, yeah. and my husband, and I went to Hawaii and, um, I thought, Oh, I'm good. I'm, 
I'm going to, I'm going to do some things. So I learned a little bit. I even bought a course, um, from a friend of ours who, who, who produces them. And, um, and so I was kind of a, I, I bought the course, but I never like did the whole thing. Um, so, but I had, that sounds, like, that sounds like something I would do. Right? So, so I just kind of knew about my camera and then I, I actually had, um, I bought filters. I actually, I bought, uh, I bought some ND grads. I was like, I'm going to take amazing Hawaiian sunset photos. And oh, that's funny. yeah, so I had, I had the tripod and the whole thing. And I actually just went and looked at them today. They're in raw, which is amazing, but I have them at like 1600 ISO. <laughs> ISO. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, well, I guess there's, I guess I could, take out some of the noise that's in there, but just, just like knowing a couple of things would have been helpful. Um, and, and the ND grads are fine. Um, but I, I've learned so much in the past six months, um, that I actually don't even, I, I've actually totally put those away. So yeah, I was uh, going to say, once you use grads for a while, and then you start learning Lightroom and Photoshop, you start to realize that grads aren't really all that useful, at least for me anyway. It's like, I'll just take two exposures and then I can blend where I want it to go. Well, I, I didn't even know that was a thing because right. I, I, what I was thinking in my mind was I'm going to get it right. I, I want to be, I, I had this like vision of being this purist, but I wasn't really putting toward, putting forth all the effort. I'm like, I'm going to be this purist. I'm going to take the image and that's going to be the amazing image. But I'm taking them in raw and I, I, I'm thinking, well, I don't have to learn Photoshop because, and also I was a little bit intimidated um, by it, which is still kind of, up. absolutely. but it's, it's a really big program. Um, but I, I didn't understand the nature of the raw image. And I thought yeah. once I took it, that would be it. I'm going to do the ND grad. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it totally right in camera and boom, it's going to be amazing. But I didn't know when I put on that ND grad, that, that, that cool, um, like mini Island in the background was going to be totally black, you know, right. and I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. And so, um, and so and you can't fix that. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, and I, I don't, I don't remember if I had polarizer or not. I didn't really, I think I just put the polarizer in, but I didn't really know what it did. I just knew I should do it. But then I had, you know, I basically had a lot of settings. Um, I was doing a lot of things that, that were kind of counterintuitive, at least from what I understand now. And, sure. um, and uh, without really knowing why I was doing them. If, uh -huh. if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. Cause I think uh, me, I'm super stubborn and I like to learn through years and years and years of making horrible mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that sounds very familiar to me circa 2010, 2011, like, Oh, I, I should polarize every photo period. And I should shoot everything to be as sharp as possible. So I'm going to shoot everything at F 22 and yeah, like I had all of these ridiculous ideas that were like rules in my mind. And after like six months, I was like, that was all stupid. 
<laughs> and and it, you know, I guess it could not be stupid if you enjoy the images, but you know, what if you what if you want to print them big or you know large, uh, you know, or you know, what if what if what if you know? And so, uh, yeah, I uh, my eyes got wide when you said F twenty two because I'm thinking about those images that I the, the, from Hawaii that I looked at that were all shot at like. I saw 1600 and I don't even know what f-stop I used. For all I know, for all I know, I was like 2.8 sounds like it would be totally amazing, you know? So, so I was shooting a big, you know, sunset. I mean, I don't even know. I'm going to go check that out. Maybe I was smart and did it at like f9 or f11. Well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> exactly. It's one of those. I mean, I still make aperture mistakes today. So all the time. Well, um, and those are all not mistakes. They're all, they're all no, it's learning experiences. It's all opportunities to learn, right? Exactly. I, and, and I make I'm them just, every time I go out. Right. And I'm picturing, I'm picturing so many people now listening to this, shaking their head going, yes, I totally did that. I, I absolutely did that. You know, it's like, right. you know, so. Um, and, and they're all, and it's all, it's all painful too. It's like thinking back to that's like, oh yeah, that really is horrible. And that happened to me. And, and I just and I just want to say for everyone who uses graduated filters, that's awesome. You do that. I understand there are times, you know, uh, that I'm probably going to want them. Um, you know, they're there uh, for me. There's a time and place for them. Um, I haven't run across too many of them in recently, but um, yeah, if you shoot with a graduated filter and you love the results, that's great. Keep do do it. You know. Um, Knock yourself out. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, but I know now. I, mean, I, still, own a, I still own a couple. Yeah. Well, I own I don't them. know why. I should get rid of them, but. I own them. They're, they're in a box getting ready to be sold on eBay. Exactly. <laughs> no offense to all the ND grad users. So, so, so what, what drew you eventually to, to landscape photos? So after I, 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 well, I, I have kind of played around with taking, you know, images of my kids and I, I tried to take portraits and I realized I'm terrible at it. And I, I, I don't, I don't want, I love people, but I don't want to pose them. And mm -hmm. uh, some people are really great at that. And, and I'm just not, and I, I want to be able to, um, I want to be able to take a hike and, and, and have a view and, and think to myself, oh, that's inspiring. I want to capture that on, you know, with my camera and then, and then take that. Um, and so I, I love, I love being out in nature and it's kind of one of those, um, I didn't grow up hiking a lot or doing all those things, but since I've, um, you know, in the past six months, and we'll talk about why I, in a minute, I'm sure we'll talk about why I, I've been doing all this, but I've been, I've been getting out more and, to, and hiking and, and, um, and, and bringing my camera with me. And it's been, it's been really amazing to, um, look at, look at all the, the creations out there. Um, I love water. I love oceans, trees. I actually, finding myself gravitating towards rocks. Mm -hmm. Um, I, but I can't, I haven't brought myself to really taking 
photos of them yet because I feel it's silly, but I, I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll get over that soon. But I love rocks. <laughs> no man, if, if if something if something appeals to you, it really you know it doesn't matter why. Just you know own it and yeah, capture it. Yeah. So and I've 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 kind of get a got to get past that, but I've um more recently. I'm, I'm learning to listen to when I'm out and I love it. I love being out. I love, I love being out at the sunset when the light is shining through the clouds and, you know, um, touching the edges, you know, side lighting the edges of all the, um, you know, of the trees and, and, uh, and, I don't know, weeds. I love that stuff. Um, so, but I just, just nature, I, I'm really interested in nature and all of the different shapes that it takes and, um, and, and how it can be so different everywhere. We've, we've taken, um, a cup, at least one cross country road trip, Virginia to California and then back, um, which is when we decided to move to Texas. Um, but, uh, because we drove through Austin and loved it, but, but just seeing the landscape change, I know <laughs> in August, <laughs> who does that when there's a drought? Um, I was going to say, you must've skipped Colorado. <laughs> no, Colorado <laughs> is gorgeous, but there's snow there, Matt. So. Oh, I snow. see. You're one of those people. Yeah, that doesn't I, like snow. I got it. I, I love, I love the snow. I just want to look at it from the inside. You don't want to drive through it or. Have no. to struggle it, or I got no. it. I got it. No, but but I would I would I would hike through it if I had good clothes. You know you know what the Norwegians say, right? I don't. They say there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. Oh, I think that's wise. Yeah, that's why they're so happy being out in the snow and the cold. So, <laughs> so, now you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I. Why did you? Decide to start this journey into photography. Like, what what was what was your reasoning for that? Uh, so, last year, um, and you know, I've kind of played around with my camera, but last year, about a year ago, um, I was well, actually, a little bit before that, I was introduced. Now everyone's going to go, oh, okay. Um, so don't roll your eyes. This is important for me anyway. Um, not, I'm not talking about you, but all the people. Um, <laughs> so I'm allowed to roll my eyes. You can Got totally it. roll your eyes, Matt. I can't see you. <laughs> so, um, so, so I was introduced to life coaching and for the past year I've been doing this. Um, it's kind of a stealth, it's a self-study life coaching program and, um, and, uh, I, I actually can work with a, a life coach, um, you know, about 20 minutes once a week. And it has really been a journey for me, um, in managing and not even just managing, but, uh, but learning to understand my mind. Um, and so I, I've, it's, it really has been this, it, it really has been, uh, Uh, I've I've really had some big epiphanies about who I am and um, what I want from my life, how I want to um, show up to all my relationships, how I want to be for myself in the world. And, um, and, and 
so in all of that, uh, about six months in, in December, every month there's a theme for this program I'm doing. Um, and in December, the theme was, it was creating the impossible in 2020. Huh. And, right. So, so, and we were challenged to create some impossible goal. And I thought, well, that's silly. If it's an impossible goal, how are we supposed to get there? Because all the time, you know, we think about goals and we think I'm going to set that goal, right? And then I'm going to get there. Like, uh, it's not quite that simple. No, I know. I know. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I could say I just built some cabinets uh, for a utility room I have. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, I've built some other things before, but I thought, okay, this is stretch. I'm going to set that goal and then I'm going to do them. Right. But, but that's different than setting an impossible goal, which um, I'll explain the impossible part is actually wherever you are, it's currently impossible. And it still is currently impossible for me. Um, but, but wherever you're at, you, the goal would be you could not at that moment achieve it with the knowledge and information and skills that you have. Ah, okay. So well, uh, little, little did you know at the time that 2020 was going to be impossible no matter what. <laughs> oh my gosh. It has been, it has been really, it has been very challenging, but, but also challenging in a good way. So, right. so what my, and so my impossible goal is, and uh, let's see, I think I wrote that down here just so I would have uh, clarity. Um, my impossible goal is to have an exhibition in my home with, I said, I said my 10 best images, but I've, I've, I've refined that. I, at least I'm saying at least 10 images. Um, and that includes, so that includes all of the work that I've, uh, that I have to do to learn how to take those and then take it all the way to print. And, and, and I know now I didn't know at the time I thought I'll just print them. And so, um, I'll just, I'll just uh, send them into Shutterfly. <laughs> so I didn't know at the time that, that that's a whole separate thing I have to learn now. So, so hey, what do you mean? I, I know how to take a picture. What do you mean I have to learn how to print it? I know. I, I didn't know. I mean, I know I can send it to, um, I, I know I can send it to some like, you know, pro pro photo printing places. I know those exist, but, but anyway, I'm, I'm sitting in um, my office area and I'm looking at my Epson P800. <laughs> so, so I have a printer. I'm down, going down that path. I'm just digging in and figuring that out. So I went, I, I went from in December. Um, I had my Sony a 6300, which is great. Um, and I'm thinking about what I need to do to get there. And, and, and by the way, you're not supposed to know how you get to this impossible goal until you're there. So there's no, like, there's no path that it's not like taking a hike where you stay on the trail. And when you get to the end, woohoo, you did it. No, this is, I'm blazing my own personal trail. Um, and, and I won't know how it happens until I until it happens and I get there. And if for some reason I don't achieve this impossible goal, which 
I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to. Um, but if I, for some reason it's not really about the goal, it's about the whole journey to get there and about, um, and about the mastery that it takes to, uh, you know, uh, all the steps that it takes, uh, to, to try and attain that, that thing. And, 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 uh, and, I, I toyed with a lot of different um, options before I settled on that because I thought there is no way, and <laughs> there's no way I could do this. And immediately I started telling people. I usually keep these things to myself, but I, I, I my friend had a Christmas party. I'm like, hey, next year in another year, I'm I'm having an exhibition with all my images. They're like, you are. Do you do photography? Oh, do you, you do just that? <laughs> created, you just created an accountability partner right there. Right, right, exactly. So, and now everyone here knows I'm doing it. So, right. So. And all the listeners, send an email to Bree and ask her how it's going. Yeah. Message me on Instagram. I set up an account for it. So we'll talk about that later. Um, so, yeah. Before you before you tell tell us more about that, I was really curious about kind of a little deeper, like, why did you start down this path of, of, um, engaging in life coaching? Was there a specific event that occurred or was it just, uh, you felt like something needed to change in your life? Like what was the deciding factor in doing that? The catalyst. Yeah. So, um, we had some friends who were actually doing this and that introduced both my husband and I to this program. And I have actually been feeling, you know, I, I kind of, um, I've, I feel like I've just been skating along for a little while. You know, when you just feel like you're just, you're just kind of going along, you're not, you're not really growing a lot. Um, yeah. stagnant. Yeah. You're kind of, and, and it doesn't feel like stagnant you're stagnant until you recognize it. Right. So, right. um, so our friends told us about this and I started, um, I started, I, we both, my husband and I both started to find out about this program and, and our, our, we just thought, Oh my gosh, how can we, how can we not do this? Because all of a sudden we recognized that we had kind of been stagnant and I knew just in my interactions with my family, with my kids, with myself, um, that, that I needed to make a few changes, uh, personally that, that I needed to, I needed to grow on an emotional, um, level where I, I could, I could really be introspective and do some, some thought work, like in a way that I had never done before. Um, and so, and so we just kind of took the, took the plunge and, and started doing this program. And, and, um, my, my, I have so far to go, but I feel like my mastery of my mind has grown exponentially in the past year. Um, hmm. and, tell, us, tell us about that because <laughs> I, I assume that like a big part of this is kind of shifting or redeveloping an entire mindset to yeah. take on a goal like that, especially if it's something you don't, if you don't know anything about it. Like if I said, I want to build a race car, like I don't know anything about cars other than like they have an engine and a transmission and tires. So, you know, like I would be, Dick that shift. would be the equivalent <laughs> for me, you know? Right. Right. Well, um, so the, the, um, the woman who started the, so 
this woman, her, her name is uh, Brooke Castillo, and she actually started a, a, a life coaching school. And um, so she actually trains other people to be life coaches, which we haven't done yet, but my husband's considering it for uh, different reasons. Um, but, but um, she also, she has a podcast, which anyone can go listen to the, I, I don't want to advertise other people's podcasts, but I do think it's an interesting, um, it is an, a different perspective. So if you're interested at all, it's, it's called the life coach school podcast. And, um, and we just started listening from number one. And the things that she would say uh, were so interesting to us about about how to manage our minds. And she has what's called a model. Um, and in the model, you recognize your circumstances, um, and uh, and and you always have a thought about a circumstance. And a thought creates an emotion. So C for circumstance, T for thought, uh, F for feeling or emotion, and your emotion creates an action. Like you're always going to act on some, some sort of emotion that you feel. Um, so there's an action. And then from all of that, you get a result. So, um, so that's, that's the model in a nutshell. There's so much more to learn about it. Um, but, but I have just found like, like today, today, actually I, I had a, I had a private coaching session. So you get that with this uh, program. And, and I talked about, I talked about something with my impossible goal, with this impossible goal and my photography. And I am having a hard time, um, when I get back from shooting, um, you know, going out on a sh shoot or a walk where I've taken images or whatever I've done, I've got images on my camera that need to get downloaded, um, and backed up and, and, and I'm having a hard time looking at them. <laughs> I don't know if you've had this problem. <laughs> so I, I really am. I'm having a hard time um, with the mental work involved in taking the memory card and putting it in my computer and backing it up to my hard drives and looking at them because I'm thinking, what if I don't get anything? I mean, like, because I have this impossible goal, I feel like I have more to lose, but I also have more to gain. And I'm, and I'm really out there shooting so much more. Um, than I ever have been. And so the, the opportunity for failure is very high. And so, 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 um, but just taking that memory card and putting on my computer and, and looking at them and I'm either going to find one I like, or I'm going to feel really let down and, and having to, you know, kind of face those emotions or what am I going to think about it? And so that was what my coaching session today was about. And I, um, you know, so, so there's always something in our lives that we want to, um, that we probably need to address. Like, why am I doing that? What, what's stopping me from what's, what's stopping me from going out and, and, um, making an impossible goal or doing more photography or, um, you know, uh, uh, building a relationship with someone or whatever, whatever it is. It, 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 it the point is it's, it, it's for your whole life, you know? And so, um, it just, this impossible goal kind of takes over a little bit. So I've been having to figure out how to do this um, and live my regular life. And I'm sure most of you, like, do you, are you, are you still working full time? <laughs> so, I am. So yeah. I'm sure you're trying to figure out and you're always having this balancing act of how do I do this podcast? 
while I'm, you know, and my photography and climbing mountains and having a family and a full-time job. So, you know. Yeah. And my wife's like, Hey, let's watch this TV show. And my son's like, dad, I want to play Fortnite with you. And I'm like, uh, I got to talk to Bree. I'm like, I really want to learn Adobe Premiere so that I can put, so that I can splice together the 65 videos I've shot over the last three weeks that I'm trying to build a YouTube channel out of. <laughs> well, that would be great. I'm I'm excited about that. So, but it's like, how, yeah, exactly. How do you do all that? It's like, yeah, you just don't sleep, basically. Well, I sleep. That's my. <laughs> I don't. I cannot sacrifice that because I don't show up well when I don't sleep. Well, oh, and I bought. I just bought a drone too, and I haven't even flown it yet because I've got all these other things I'm doing. It's like, yeah, because you got to then read the manual and do all the things, and then what if there's something on there that you're like, then you have to go down the whole rabbit hole of all of it. Oh you yeah, know? it's yeah, but yeah. I don't know. That's actually, you know, it's funny. That's one of the th- reasons why I started to get more and more into photography is because I felt like as much and i still feel this way the more and more i learn about it i feel like the it's almost like this never ending rabbit hole that you can never get to the bottom of but you feel like you, if you keep going you're finally going to get there but it's not disappointing that you're not like it's this weird paradox i don't i don't know how to describe it well i i have i've listened to i've just listened to so much um so i really can't pinpoint um it could have been William Neal. I don't know. Um, I, there's somebody who was saying, well, as soon as I learn this, like, I think maybe you were asking, I want to say it was your podcast. You were asking someone to kind of define their style and they're like, well, I was this, but now I've changed and I'm this. And maybe in five years I'll be this because they're always learning new things, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and or shooting big landscapes and then going to the small ones and maybe learning, you know, ICM or shooting infrared. Uh, who knows? You know, there's uh, there is always stuff to learn. And how how awesome is that that we always have awesome. that we all that we always have something to learn? Um, mm-hmm. w- you know, especially especially with this genre. And who knows, maybe in 10 years, I'll want to do cityscapes. I don't know. (laughs) know? It seems like uh, giving yourself a year to pull off your goal is fairly daunting. And I was curious, what, what steps have you taken to try to piece together all of the different facets of, you know, the technical side, the creative side, the, you know, all the things you need to learn in order to pull this off? Like what's been your approach? So, um, well, I've just kind of been winging it really, but uh, <laughs> like I told you, I told you, we, do, I don't know how I will get there until I get there, but I'm uh, six months in now. I, I have a better feeling about it. Um, mm-hmm. so initially, initially I knew I needed a lot of technical help. And so I did, I did kind of two parts. I, 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 well, initially, I, I learned a lot about um, gear, and actually, I upgraded all my gear um, so that the A6300 is now sitting in my son's room because he said, oh, I'm going to take a photography class uh, next year. And I said, okay, you can use that one. Um, so so I, I have a full-frame camera. I, I, I watched I don't know how many YouTube videos. If there is a YouTube channel about landscape photography, I have watched it. Or, or, I mean, I, I am not kidding. I mean, I, most of it anyway. Um, but as soon as I would find out something, I would watch something and go, oh my gosh, I, I didn't know about that. And so then I would, 
And then I would search and find out all I could about that. And so I initially thought, okay, I'll, I'll get a full frame camera because that, that seems good. And then, um, and then I started doing some, and then I thought, oh, I can use all my lenses that I've got. And I thought, and then I quickly learned that's just okay. Um, it, but you really want some good lenses to go on your full frame camera, you know? So, so, um, so I now have three lenses. Uh, and that's it. Th- uh, that's plenty for me. Like I've decided I was very, sure. it was, I was very deliberate, um, in what I purchased. And so I have that, I have three filters and, and all of these took a lot of research. Like I really did a lot of passive action, listening to things, watching things, making decisions. And so I, I kind of got my gear set, how I, how I thought I wanted it. Um, so, and, uh, you'll change your mind next year. I don't know. I'm really having a good time. I have. No, I'm just saying like, uh, if you're anything like me, <laughs> I like in the last three years, I've probably switched my gear around three times. I mean, I've, I've stuck with Sony, but I've rethought my strategy for, but I, I'm kind of weird and unique. Like I do a lot of different types of landscape. Like I do a lot of backpacking, so I need lightweight. But right. Then so taking like that 100 to 400 tele- isn't like totally ideal. I love that thing. Uh, I did. Though. I have that. I had that's the one that's one I have and I love it. It's pretty nice for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to give myself um a, a lot of options, you know, sure. cuz I didn't know when I went out. But after a year I'm sure I'll I'll go, "Oh, well maybe I don't need that 18 millimeter prime that I've got." So, um but anyway, I so I I kind of got my gear situated and and um so I, I cuz I really didn't want to have excuses and I also knew if I'm going to print things that I, I wanted to have some really good resolution and um and some really uh, uh sharp glass. So, uh, so so I did a lot of technical and then I did a lot of like learning about settings. Oh, mm-hmm. you oh, for landscape photography you've, you should shoot at the lowest ISO that you can because, oh, noise, what's noise? Uh, Google. So, so it was just a continuous <laughs> rabbit hole. What about F-stops? What, you know, what about all of this? Like I knew I could sh- shoot really wide and that would give me a nice bokeh, but I didn't, I didn't know about landscape photography. So, so it, it really, I've, I've learned, um, and I'm still, of course, six, I'm only six months into this process. I really feel like I started over in December and, and that's how I consider it. I've started over. So it, I, a lot of those technical things, um, I, I really got situated and for, for, I would say the quarter one, I was, I was really doing that. And then I, I heard about the out of Chicago, um, the live that they did, yeah. which is, I, I came into your little chat room, by the way. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and just so you know, I have not shot, I hadn't shot with anyone ever or talked to landscape photographers or anything. And so I showed up in this, I showed up in this, I'm like, I'm going to go in this chat room. I don't know who's to go in. I'll just click here. Oh yeah. Matt Payne. He's that guy with the podcast. So I go in there and you're like, Hey Brie. And, and, and I just felt so welcomed. And so it was really nice to, it was really nice to kind of just jump in and, um, and hear what people were saying and talking about it. Was, so, so I, I attended that virtually. Um, 
And have you gone through all of the? Uh, no. All of, it's crazy how much stuff is in there. Oh uh, yes, and and um and I, I actually uh, every couple of days I was listening to one um and then and you know, coming back to a different one and what I need to do is go back and actually and then take notes on all of them because I want to retain the notes because it expires after a year so I've got I've got to do that uh, but yeah. but that's kind of where I was introduced to more female photographers and mm-hmm. and this idea of um, I wanted to learn more about composition because I, I think that I thought, oh, that will, that will help me, um, you know, really, really improve my photography. Like what is composition and, and what does it look like? I was having a hard time with it. I still am. I think that's, I think that's part of the never ending learning. Um, it is. I mean, it is for me. Right. I spent this last weekend, I did this crazy backpacking trip and I spent six hours up on this ridge, uh, and literally probably hiked four miles on this ridge looking for compositions that I thought might work found like three and then of course the light like completely died so but it is what it is but it was a good exercise and practice and trying to figure out what would work and not work right and (laughs) you can always go back there that's the beauty of it Uh, right it's a pretty tough place to get to but I mean I could but it's a Uh, anyway it doesn't matter yeah yeah all right. Well, maybe eventually. Well, other than other than, <laughs> composi- other than composition, what are some of the other challenges that you've been trying to overcome? Um, I, right now, it's mostly uh, it, it's mostly in the field technical. Like if you're if if you're shooting at sunset time and you're losing light, you know how do you how do you react quickly? So all of those things. Um, but also, my biggest struggle is just with my brain right now and my mind and what, um, I, I'm, I'm struggling with what kinds, I don't think I have to pigeonhole myself. Like Francesco Gola does seascapes. That's his thing. Right. Like, um, but like, what, what kind of photography, like, what, what do I want to do? And I've decided I don't have to decide that yet, but these are all things I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. and what inspires me and how do I want to address that? And and so recently, I've been gravitating to reading a lot of articles, um, and and also going back to that out of Chicago and listening to things that you know why people certain people are inspired in certain ways, um, and and figuring out how do I how do I know when there's something I want to take a photo of, like how how do I know that. Um, Mm. like, how do you know that Matt? Like, yeah, you know, I've listened to a lot of other people talk about that subject on the podcast and, um, what it come back, keeps coming back to for me and a lot of other people I hear talk about that is you just know it. Like if it's something that makes your heart sing and, uh, catches your eye, you know, if you're walking and you, and you, you see something on the ground or in the distance that catches your eye, there's a, there's a good reason for that. And and don't question it. Like, like just own it. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, this weekend, um, when I was hiking, I was, I had a very clear objective in mind. I was hiking about a mile of, and a thousand feet of elevation to, to get back up to this waterfall that I had found. And, and, but on the way, the clouds had broke just for a minute and the sun started uh, shining on this patch of corn lilies. And if you don't know what corn lilies are, these they're these 
plants that grow in the high alpine that they have different shapes and sizes as they get more and more mature. So about when they're really young, they're they kind of barely just sprouting out and they have these little tiny leaves that are opening up like almost like a like a cocoon pod. And then eventually they open up to these really beautiful long leaves that have all these striations in them. And when you look down on them, it has all these beautiful patterns. And Oh, those are pretty. Light, I just looked yeah, them up. The light, yeah, and the light just caught them. And they caught my attention. And so I got my camera out. And I just started playing around with the scene for a while. and But then I didn't like how much light was on it. So then I got my tripod out and I got, I got my, uh, I got my jacket out and I used my jacket as like a way to screen the light so that it was more diffused. And, and I got some really cool photos. Um, it was not, it's not what I was up there to photograph, but it caught my attention. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to stop, take 15, 20 minutes and shoot this. And, I'm so glad I did because the sunset ended up kind of sucking. So, are you um, are you by yourself when you're doing this? I was, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I maybe that's part of what I'm having a hard time is I, I'm always you know out walking with my husband or someone, and then they have to it's like stand there, different. and they have to stand there while I'm like taking a picture of a rock or some dead weeds or yeah. something, and, and they all and and everyone has their own opinion about what looks good. Oh, get yeah. the light is over here, but I, no, I want to actually shoot what's behind me. You know, I'm not interested in where the, that is. You know, and yeah. so um, there's some huge pros and cons to shooting around or with other people. Uh, for me, what I like about photographing with other people is that you can see the world differently that you don't know in a way that you normally don't see it. You know, you can notice like if you pay attention, you can look. No- notice what they're noticing and that that for me as a study a person that likes to study other people that's interesting in itself it's like oh why are why did that catch their attention and not this um so you can learn how to see the world differently but i gotta tell you for me not having other people around it's a huge eliminates so many distractions for me photographically it's just it's so much the photos i take are so much better when i'm by myself and i'm I'm kind of struggling because, and, and, you know, um, I, I actually listened to the, the episode you did, the one you did the conversation that you had with, um, all of those ladies with Sarah Marino on there, with yeah. Charlotte mm-hmm. Gibb, and it was talking about women in photography and for sure. And I was feeling the same way, but this is a concern for me. And my husband's actually mentioned, he's like, if you're going to get up at the crack of dawn and go hiking, like. What are you going to, you know, like, uh, are, are you going to be safe when you're out there by yourself? And so, you know, that that's as a woman, I I feel like I, I'm pretty independent. I shouldn't have to feel that way, but yet I do, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if you're walking on some paths, the most that, that you're ever going to run across is probably a raccoon, but I'm in Texas. So I could come across a, a cougar or a mountain lion or a coyote. I mean, you know, so there is that yeah, too. It's always in the back of my mind too. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to some, you're going to some remote places. I'm sure. I actually ran into a porcupine this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Not literally, literally. No, like, oh, okay. yeah, literally, like, <laughs> no, like literally like I turned the corner. I was in the dark and I turned the corner. I was walking down the trail. I turned the corner on the trail and like four feet away from me was a porcupine. Right. Cool. And I was like, I'm gonna go around this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I would. Ra- I I would rather see him than a skunk. So I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> so um, 
Well, uh, oh, I was thinking the other thing. There was one other thing I was thinking. Oh, um, oh, get it. A cr- <laughs> figuring out my my other problem is figuring out once I've taken these images and then gotten gotten over the gotten over myself to like put them on the computer. Um, uh, actually, I have two other uh, things I'm struggling with right now. One is what makes a good image. And I know that's the age old question. It's never like it, that's, that's so subjective. So, but what makes a good image for me? Like, how am I going to choose which ones to, um, you know, mark for processing later? And I had to learn all of that too. Like I, mm-hmm. like how to upload into Lightroom and how to organize things in Lightroom. So there's like a, like a, like a square one. Um, but what, what is going to make me want to process a specific image and how do I know mm-hmm. it's good? And then once mm-hmm. I decide that, um, the second thing is, uh, the technical skill of learning Lightroom and Photoshop, how, you know, sure. and, and, and those kinds and those kinds of things. So, you know, how do I translate what I want the image to look like to the final product where I get it there? Um, and what does that look like in between? So, yeah, no, that's, I think that's something that established professionals still struggle with. I know I remember a year ago I was sending some, like some files that were maybe two or three years old. You know, I was trying to look for some stuff to edit that maybe I'd missed by, you know, my first go over back then. And I remember sending them to a friend of mine, like, Hey, do you think these are worth editing? And, you know, just getting their opinion on them. Cause I think at some point, we get so attached to the things that sometimes it's hard because sometimes in our own library, we skip over things that are actually really, really good that we just never noticed before. And sometimes we get super attached to things that are not good, at least for me anyway. It, but, it's, it's the emotion involved in it, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, getting emotionally detached from your photos at some point is helpful. That, but it's should, not be, easy. that should be a service. Someone should offer that service. Send me all your images. I'll just go through and tell you what looks good and which ones are crap. <laughs> I'll just pull I'm out sure. the ones that look good. And it'll be, it would I'm be sure interesting. Someone will do that for a fee. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I know I would. Yeah, right. Pay me money. The, and- problem, <laughs> the problem with that is, is that I might not like something that is actually good. Right. So I think it's a really dangerous uh, path to go down to to have some immediate evaluation of a, of an image that you've taken. I think I was listening to uh, the candid frame while I was on my hike this weekend and he had on David uh, Duchemin and, and, you know, they do, they mostly do street photography. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I found interesting from that conversation was they were talking about this exact same thing as well. Like, how do you know when something is good? And at the end of the day, something you might think is good today, you might look at it in five years and think it's total crap. So I don't, I don't necessarily think there's a right answer to that question. Yeah. I, that's the conclusion that I've come to. And it, and it is, it is totally subjective because, you know, you look at all the art that's ever been done and I'll walk, you know, you can walk through um, like let's do like the national gallery in London or whatever. You can walk through that place and see all kinds of different art, but be drawn to one, you know, a couple of specific pieces. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I, 
I, I just say that because I, I went there in November with my friend and, and she was like, oh, look at these ones with the flowers. And then I was like, but look at these over, look at, look at this Renoir that's, you know, you know, right. you know, really impressionist over here. You know what I mean? So, so, you know, everyone just has their own tastes and, um, it, I, I want to be able to get to a point where I can take an image and make it look how I envision it. Um, and it doesn't even have to be like, I want it to look realistic. I think that's what the other struggle is. Do I have to make it look realistic? How far is too far when you're post-processing? Um, I think that's a whole, that is a whole different podcast, right? So, um, but, but that's kind of, you know, some of these questions that I have, like, I, I didn't know you could swap out a sky, but that sounds interesting. Would I do that? I don't know. You know, um, and, and, and how much do you, how much do you work on an image before you, before it doesn't really resemble anything like the original? So, um, not that I, not, that's not my goal, but, um, sure. So, well, I mean, in that light, I'm curious as someone who's been really working hard for the last six months on this impossible goal, <laughs> what would you say to like seasoned inst instructors? You know, what approaches do you think would work on someone like you that maybe you haven't seen or, or what maybe a different way of asking the question is what are some of the approaches uh, from, for, of teaching that you have found useful? Let's see. I'm trying to think of how I've learned because I've not I've not been on a and and all the all the instruction I've done is um, you know like video tutorials and such. I've not and sure. and just me being out in the field. By the way, I, I do have to say I really want to do a workshop. Like I I really would love to go out with other like minded people um, and just have that kind of. I, I think there's something that you could that that is really. Uh, that's really mind opening when you go with other people that have the same goals and um, with a good instructor. Um, so, so I, I believe in that. Um, but, uh, and all of the, I have purchased tutorials, so I've listened to things, but the, th the, the, and I'm trying to remember your exact question. Um, I, I am, I like seeing, I like seeing exactly what to do so I could emulate it and practice it. And then I can make things more creative. And, and, um, and, and like, if I was going on a workshop, I would love the instructor to message me and say, where are you at photograph? I mean, I haven't done one. So where are you at photographically? Um, you know, what are your goals with this, uh, you know, with this trip or event or whatever? Um, and so, and I know there's a, there's a personal connection that I would love, you know, I'd love that. I'd love for someone to know a little bit about me and where I'm coming from and what I, you know, more about what I know. So I could have that um, instruction tailored to me. Um, but I love the videos because I can go, especially ones that are very well done where I can see very clearly what button are you pushing in Lightroom? Oh, you just click on this. No, I, I want to see the button. Like show, because <laughs> I don't know this. <laughs> you know? That's so funny. I was, uh, I'm trying to teach myself Adobe Premiere. And I had the exact same experience today. I was trying to figure out how to do a certain thing in Premiere. And so I found a YouTube video and 
like the the step that I was having the most trouble with, he just like glossed over in like four seconds. And I was like, I, what did you do right there? I don't get like, how did you do that? What button did that. you push? Show me the exact thing. Show me a screen. Show me your screen. Zoom in on it. Show me the button. Show me your level slider. Like whatever it is that you're doing. I got to see that because some of those little things are really tiny in Photoshop. So, so, so. yeah. Having to try to make videos like that, I can appreciate, you know, it's it's hard to remember as the creator how the viewer would want it to be. Because a lot of times we, you know, as when you're creating a video, you kind of have like a checklist in your mind of what you want to cover, but you don't necessarily think about what's the best way to cover it or the most, the way that would be easiest uh, on the learner. So I think that's, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, uh, and the videos that I really like are ones that are also conversational, like, um, <laughs> like Nick page, his, he has just such a nice way of, um, speaking at you. Um, because he, he just, it just feels like you're sitting right next to him and he's chatting with you, but he's also very instructional, you know? So I obviously have purchased a couple of his, but, um, at, <laughs> but I think that's important too, is to not feel like it's super dry. Um, but that, right. and I don't know, I think there's instruction for everyone. Maybe some people want that technicality, but I, 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 I need to know, ex I'm just one of those people. I need to know exactly what you're doing so I can copy you so that I can become more creative later. Yeah. And it's hard too, because on the instructor side, when you're creating a product like that, you know, you have to cater to the least common denominator. Yeah. Uh, so it's, if you cover, if you go too basic and spend too much time on the basic, you're going to bore people that are more advanced. And if you go way too fast, you're going to totally lose all the people that are beginners. So it's a really tough balance to strike. I think it is. It is. And, and uh, yeah, but I, I, I just want to say like whoever's making instructional, you know, um, instructional videos and, and tutorials, keep them coming because I, I think there's so many, I think there's so many people who want to know things. Um, and, 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 and people have specific skills, you know, and, 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 we want to like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to know everyone's skills, but there, everyone has a specific set of skills and, um, that's great to share those things. So I, even if they're short ones, I don't know, but uh, that's why I like YouTube videos. Can't wait for your YouTube channel, Matt. <laughs> oh, I mean, I have one already, but I'm like, I'm, I'm actually doing in the field vlogging stuff. That's, I don't know. It'll be interesting. With B-roll uh, and B-roll and all the things. B-roll and all the things. Well, yeah. I, I have a question for you and I actually wrote it down here. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Okay. So, so I, I, I didn't know that much about you when I started listening to your podcast, but then I learned that you've climbed a hundred of the highest mountains in Colorado, right? And all of the 14ers, I, right? Yeah. I've, yep. I've climbed the highest hundred mountains in Colorado plus many more, but yes. Okay. So, um, did you feel like, did you make that a goal? And did you feel like it was impossible? And um, so I, I'll, I can ask you again, if you forget it. And have you ever, if you, ha if, if you ha did, that wasn't really a goal, 
have you ever made an impossible goal yourself? That's so interesting because uh, <clears throat> I come from the nonprofit sector and we're all about SMART goals, you know, SMART goals being it's, uh, well, I know the T is time-based, M is measurable, uh, oh, A is achievable. So basically, like you make goals that are actually doable, you know, but that could be measured and yes. uh, so, and time-based. So like I'm going to do X, Y, Z within a four years. So I would say I've never, so to answer your first question, I don't think I've ever created an impossible goal. And when I set the goal to climb the highest hundred mountains, I didn't feel like it was impossible. Uh, I actually, when I set the goal, it was mostly because I was drinking a six pack of Pepsi every day and getting heavier and I was playing video games all the time and I felt like I needed to like kind of like you I felt like I needed to fix something in my life and I knew I had this passion of being in the outdoors and being in the mountains when I was younger and so I just said you know what I'm gonna climb the highest hundred mountains in Colorado so I started uh you know I've pretty much had 95 percent of the foundation because I had already done 20 to 25 before I was even in my thirties, um, like a lot of easier ones. And I knew that in order to do the harder ones, I just needed to learn a little bit about rope skills and, you know, befriend some people and learn some climbing stuff. So I did that. And so, I don't know, I sat down and I basically for four summers in a row, I created this huge calendar of mountain climbs and stuck to it basically like 85 to 90%. It's kind of one of those things like if you write it down and you put it on the calendar, you kind of force yourself to do it. Yes. Uh, absolutely. I, That's huge, I think. I kind of took it a like it, it kind of got out of control because early in that process, I also decided that I wanted to document all of those mountain climbs in some way. And I didn't know anything about websites and stuff. So uh, one Christmas, I decided to teach myself how to build a website. So I taught myself, well, first I researched what are all the different platforms for building a website. And this was back in 2008, oh, something like that, Yeah, 2009. Yeah. Well, I mean, and now I, you can just plug some stuff in and boom, you have a website. Right. So I landed on Joomla, which is... It's open source. It has a lot of flexibility, but it's pretty clunky. Mm -hmm. So I taught myself Joomla and I built a website. And, and then I was like, oh, that's not enough. I want to create a searchable uh, database on my website where um, you can find any mountain in Colorado based on like a set of 15 criteria. So I taught myself how to build a many-to-many -many, uh, database and... Yeah. I bet my husband knows what these are. <laughs> I just went in all these rabbit holes. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I need to learn how to take pictures on these trips. And that's how I got into photography. See? So it was like this triple faceted, triple headed monster of like this setting this one goal, then spurred all of these other interests in my life that I then said, well, what? Why not? I'll do that too. And it all kind of plays off of each other eventually. So, right. Uh, but yeah, I never felt like it was impossible. Uh, but maybe that's because I don't think about goals that way. I, I 
think about what's I, don't know, I think about what's interesting to me and then I set an achievable goal achievable goal based on that interest so like I have this interest in doing these YouTube videos and I'm I know I'm not going to produce like the best YouTube video on earth but I want to produce really good ones right so I've been doing a lot of research on what that takes and and I don't think it, I don't think everyone has to set some sort of impossible goal but I think the the point is to do something right and yeah. which you did and um and and to put ourselves outside of our comfort zone um and and have that willingness to fail that grit to kind of bite down and and get it you know do those things that we said we're going to do like you with your calendar and you know I have other things that like other small um, even though I have an impossible goal, I have small achievable goals, right? Um, Within I'm, that. Yeah, but they're all like failures. Like I, <laughs> I'm, suppo- I'm supposed to set myself up to fail because, <laughs> because, because that's how we grow, right? It is. It, it is by, is ha- and, and not, that, not that I would have failures all the time, but I have the willingness to fail. I have the willingness to, you know, um, Maybe not so much when I put my images on the computer, but I've got to get over that. Um, but you know, having that willingness to be like, "Hey, that that didn't work out. That's okay. I'll get there a different way," you know, and and um, and just just feeling that feeling in, in myself, you know, um, or within ourselves of being willing to um, to have some maybe negative emotions about it. That's great. Like that, that I think that's the only way we grow. And certainly um, because I've made this goal, I've grown in so many ways and I'm sure it will change me. I'm sure it will change me for the better. I mean, like I, I feel like I'm a different person now than even six months ago. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think so too. Actually, I actually love that. I, I'm really learning. I'm really learning so much and I'm meeting a lot of, I'm, I'm putting myself out there to meet people and talk to people and, and just learn, you know, uh, you know, all the things that I can. So, you know, it's interesting about your uh, quest, you know, your <laughs> yeah. impossible goal yeah. is that doing, doing something like that forces you to, you know, like you said before, get out of your comfort zone, but also take risks and do things that you normally wouldn't do, which, you know, the end result is almost always going to be uh, you becoming a better person in some way or fashion, you know? Right. You know, you're going to become a better photographer. You're going to see the world differently. You're going to learn new skills. You're going to create new relationships with people in the process. I think I think that's a, a great vehicle for self-improvement. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I didn't really know, um, just when I created it, I didn't really know how it would change me or what would become of it. I mean, I knew I would, I knew I would try my hardest, um, to achieve it, um, which I am, but, uh, it, and, and every day it looks different. Um, but I love, I love some of the surprising things. And that's the thing is, when, even if you're setting a goal that's actually achievable, haven't you learned things 
in your goals and in your quest to achieve your goals that you that surprised you that you didn't know uh, would would be there for you? Absolutely. I'm having a hard time naming any of those things off right. the top of my head. Right, because but... you because you did them, but but like I. I um, yeah, I'm trying to think of. I'm actually the one big thing I'm learning is um, more about how to fail and um, what success is to me, and mm. um, how I'm going to uh, understand my negative emotions, my neg- my thought, just all the thoughts that we have every day that I have every day about all these yeah. things. Like, how do I deal with that? Um, and and, um, but the, certainly I'm surprised, like, you know, just, just all the connections I'm making. And I'm certainly putting myself out there, like on purpose to, to talk to people, <laughs> to do things. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Now that you mention it, um, you know, the podcast in itself has been an interesting vehicle for me. Uh, I didn't, um, and I didn't really have any goals when I started the podcast. It was just something I wanted to try <laughs> to do. Yeah, I was wondering, like, why did, yeah, I've always been curious. Why did you start the podcast? Like, what was the catalyst for that? And go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we have a whole episode on, I think it's episode 57 with Gary Randall, um, where he interviews me, which was kind of fun. Ooh, I got to do that but, one. But in a nutshell, I just wanted to have interesting conversations with other photographers and talk, talk about stuff. That was really just the gist of it, but... What has come out of it has been so much more because, uh, and obviously you have to put in the work, you have to put in the sweat equity, you have to put in the time and the energy and take it seriously and stick to it and dedicate to it and be consistent about it. But there can be huge rewards. I mean, obviously it's opened a lot of opportunities for me in the photo industry, but I think when I really look deep inside, and this probably comes through on some of the earlier episodes and probably even more recent ones too, but I, what I've learned about myself is that, and I think my mom listens to the podcast, but oh, well, hey, mom. <laughs> but, but, you know, my mom, I love her to death, but you know, she's very judgmental of other people. I think she probably got that from her parents and I got that from her. Um, cause it's just what, you know, like we would see us, we'd see something and she'd make an offhanded comment about it. And I found myself doing that uh, with photography too. Like, you know, when I look at other people's work and it's really forced me to be more introspective about why am I reacting so negatively with my emotions and thoughts about what I'm seeing or hearing or whatever. And so it's, it's helped me to kind of temper some of those instincts and try to understand that about my own, about myself. So that's been an interesting byproduct of the, of the podcast is kind of forcing me to try to see, see the world from other people's perspectives um, without being so quick to judge all of the things that are wrapped up in whatever it is I'm noticing. Right. Because who's to say if we're right or who's to say what they believe is bad or, you know, their art doesn't, you know, so what if we don't really care for somebody's art, but um, it is interesting to see something from someone else's point of view and to be able to open our minds to all, I think that's what this life coaching stuff has done for me. Open my mind. So you're, you're coaching yourself, Matt, and you don't even know, Um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I, I've opened my mind up to, 
all sorts of different possibilities that I didn't even know existed. And, um, you know, and that's what, that's what the podcast has done for you, you know, um, for sure, you know, for me working with exchange students, um, you know, with people from all over the world and their different views, um, that's opened my mind up also to, you know, what, what other possibilities are out there? Like, what are other people thinking and what are their beliefs and, and, um, and, and how can I understand people in the world? Cause that will, and that will, I think that influences us in a positive way. And, and specifically when we're talking about our art, right. Um, I think, I think that reflects, you know, um, and, and I like being able to talk to someone and not feel that and not feel that judgment and just allow them to be who they are, whoever they are. Yeah. And it's interesting that that doesn't, hasn't always come naturally for me. I think mm-hmm. some of that is almost like a defense mechanism. Like, Oh, I got to find something wrong here so that I can feel better <laughs> about myself. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but that's what Instagram's for. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. I've gone down that rabbit hole too. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I do have to say one of the things I'm really enjoyed, I joined um, nature, Photo- nature photographer network. Cause you, you actually mentioned that when I came into that. Um, and I think Dave, David King. Yeah. David Kingham. Yeah. Yeah. Kingham. That's who it is. I'm sorry. I don't know everyone's name yet. So oh, you're um, good. He, he was in that, he was in that chat room too. And I was saying, I I'd love critique. And you're like, join this. And I didn't know that David Kingham was like, he had like, and I've since learned that he had revamped all that, but getting those critiques is so huge. And it's so interesting to see um, other people's point of view about one of my images or any specific image, you know, and, and how different people look at things in different ways. It's, it's just been super interesting to get that kind of feedback. Well, kudos to you for being open to it. Cause I think when you're first starting out people, well, I don't know if it's first starting out, but I've seen a lot of people have the tendency to kind of be more guarded about their photography and more personally attached to it. Um, and I think that is a trap that you can fall into and, I think the sooner that you make yourself available to just be completely open to having people, you know, provide you with insights that they see from their perspective, I think your photography is going to get better much more quickly. Yeah. I, that, that was how I felt. Um, and I, I needed a forum to get critiques and I, I knew, and, and this is all part of the mind mastery, right? Like, in order to get critiques, and and I have to say, people are very respectful on uh, on those forums, but um, and that's really how it should be. But uh, in order to get that feedback, we have to come at it from a, a specific, you know, mental state, right? Right. And and that's part of all of this. With my goal is to be able to say, you know what, I have no idea. I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. I need I need other people to help me. Um, uh, you know, and, and fill in, help me fill in some of these gaps that I just don't know. Um, and I'll take information from anywhere. Um, and I still have to process it and sort it out and decide what I want to keep and what I don't. Um, sure. cause a lot of people, people have all the different opinions. Um, right. and so I still have to sort that. So, <laughs> um, but, but certainly being open to those critiques has been, has been huge, has been huge for me. And I agree. It does help us grow. One of the last things I wanted to ask you about um, through your process here of of the impossible goal 
What what has been the role of encouragement through this process? Um, can you give me a little bit more specific, like from other people or? Yeah, yeah other photographers, mentors, um, peers, uh, people, pe- just normal people in your life that don't know anything about photography. Yeah, yeah. so I really have had nothing but... Um, good, great encouragement. Like I, I, I told a friend of mine, I'm like, I don't know what I did. I I just emailed this guy. I mean, I, it was you, but I I didn't know, like, I I knew she didn't know who anybody was. I said, I I just, I just told him about this idea and he said, sure, come on. And so I'm going to, you know, record this podcast episode. And, and, um, she's like, yeah, Brie, you're going to be great. It's going to be fun. Like you're going to love it, you know? And, and, um, I, I've had so many, so many, I've on this group chat, um, my friend started this like COVID group chat so we could all chat with each other without seeing each other. Right. Um, and it's been uh, like the encouragement was, you know, I'll send, I'll send an image to, to those girls sometimes. And they're like, Brie, it's going to be so great. We're so excited. We can't wait till next year. We hope we're able to come in person, you know? Um, but also, also the, the feedback I've gotten on, um, on the critiques on nature photography, Nick Mark, uh, sorry, I'm talking fast, but that's been encouraging because, because what, and this is so counteract, this is, this is so counterintuitive to what I usually do. I really said before, I'm putting it all out there. And I mean, all of it. I mean, um, even just sharing that, that my life coaching session I had today, but the fact that I'm putting it all out there, I really, it's been a really, um, the net, the, the network of the people, uh, photographers, people who don't know, they've all been super supportive. My husband is all extra supportive. He like stands around and plays on his phone for 30 minutes while I take pictures of weeds. So, so (laughs) I mean, he, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, take your time, do what you need to do. You know, I'll just wait for you. It's all great. You know? So, so the, the, Everyone that I've talked to has been really supportive. And I think that's a model for me um, to encourage other people uh, out there who also are working towards any goal. It could be any goal, but, you know, working towards, um, you know, improving themselves and how I, how can I be there for them to encourage them in their, in their journey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think, um, I'm I'm so glad that NPN exists again in that fashion and is gaining more traction because I think sometimes we need that encouragement. You know, sometimes we're not totally sure if an image works or not. And maybe we we're like, oh, I think it's good, but I just, there's something not quite right that I can't figure out. I'm going to just going to put it out there and see what other people think. And a lot of times you can get stuff that's like, it's just, it's a game changer. It's like one little tweak and it's like, it makes such a huge difference. Yeah. And, but yeah, I mean, to your point, I think that's one thing I've noticed uh, in the photography community that sometimes there does tend to be some negativity and I've contributed to that myself in the past. And I think the more we can try to get ourselves to be more encouraging of other people, the better. I think it's just, you know, it's going to come back to you in spades too. I also believe that, you know, almost like karma. I don't believe in karma, but it's that kind of that same idea. Yeah, but the universe has a way of kind of doing that, doesn't it? You know, um, 
Yeah. Sometimes it kind of does. Well, and it's a fine line between, uh, and because you want to encourage, but you also want to give, if you have constructive feedback to give in someone's, and someone's asking, okay, let's just say, right. if someone's not asking for constructive feedback, just give the encouraging part. <laughs> so, right. Cause that's it's my, hard. that's my belief anyway. Like that's, if someone's not asking for your opinion, then hold it. That's, that's my belief. Um, because they're not, if they're not asking for it, they're not ready to hear it. So, um, you know, so I, although that's a fine line too, because somebody may be open to it, they just haven't asked yet. So I don't know. Um, you just, you kind of just have to go carefully with that. Right. So, um, but certainly we can all use more positivity in the world, especially when we have fires and locusts and viruses and um, all the things, all the zombies, things, all the things, all the things right now. Please don't say zombies, zombies. are coming. Please don't say zombies <laughs> or aliens. I mean, <laughs> zombies, aliens. I mean, you know, chickens uh, with machine guns. I, I'm just whatever. It's coming. That's that's true in Texas. So just saying. All just right. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> But we oh, do have are. we do have chickens and people have guns, so I don't know. Yeah, aren't those called Republicans? Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> wait, I thought we weren't political. Well, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it, it's certainly it certainly has been um, it certainly has been an adventure for me, and I'm I'm really. Uh, I'm really thrilled that I could um, come here and talk about it. But also as part of that, I want to, whether you have an impossible goal or not, I want to encourage everyone to just make a goal like you with your, with your climbing the mountains, getting off your butt. You know, I, I think we all kind of got to get off our butt sometimes, you know, and, and um, stop stagnating. Cause I, I'm finding a lot of satisfaction, even in the challenges when I'm feeling negative about it. When I over, when I feel like I've overcome that, I'm really feeling a lot of personal satisfaction in ways I never have before. And, um, and, and I, I'm proud of myself. Um, and, and, and that's not a that's not a prideful thing necessarily. I just am I am I impress myself all the time with how how far I'm willing to push myself um, when I'm when I'm out there and I'm working and I'm challenging myself. So well, yeah, I mean to your point, when I set my goal to climb the mountains, I had no idea that that was also going to lead to me learning how to build a website and also learning how to take photographs. So. And then that's branched into like meeting and making some of the best friends of my life and also creating a podcast and learning how to do a podcast. I mean, it's, I think once you set a goal like that, it starts a snowball, right? Right. It keeps growing and growing and growing. And if you just let it keep going and commit yourself to it, it can take you to some amazing places if you just stick to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I've thought about what if Matt asked me what comes next? Cause is that your, is that a question you had? <laughs> Cause I've thought about this. Um, I think, I, I think it was, but I, I had what I, 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 yeah, let's go there. But I did have one, I did have one more thing I wanted to ask you, but what is next for you? I, I and the answer is I'm not sure. I just want to have my, <laughs> that was too easy. <laughs> 
Well, because, and part of it is I'm not sure because I'm not sure how I'm going to get there because I don't, I don't have this trail laid out for me. Um, uh-huh. I'm not sure how I'm going to get there. So once I do that, I'm, I'm not sure what comes next. I, I, I thought, okay, once I, once I do this, I'm for sure, if I haven't done a workshop yet, I'm for sure going to reward myself and go do a workshop somewhere. You know, certainly there's, I know someone who's has a good recommendation, <laughs> you know, but, but, um, you know, just, just being able to get out there and, and fine tune, um, fine tune my skill more, uh, right. and maybe relax a little bit, knowing I know all these things. I don't have to push myself so hard. But then I don't know. Maybe I do. So um, I think once I get there, I'll know what's next. I'll, I, I, I'm not going to create an impossible goal, though. Like <laughs> I'm, I, I think I think one at a time is good. So I might take a year off and then make another one. But I don't know what that would yeah. be. I think that's a healthy choice. Right? Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the last thing I wanted to ask you about um, through this process of creating all these images for this goal, have you found yourself gravitating towards a certain style of images that you that surprised you perhaps? Well, in this journey, um, well, I've always gravitated towards oceans and I'm nowhere near an ocean. Um, right. <laughs> right now I'm not, I, I really love to go back to Costa Rica. I don't know how many times I can say that I, I miss it. Um, and I, I thought, Oh, I'm going to take all this, you know, I'm, I want to, I want to shoot water, but I, I'm finding myself being drawn to um, like smaller scenes. And, and certainly I, I, I just took an image uh, and I was looking at it cause I finally did, download all my images. Um, and it's, a (laughs) and it's a grander landscape and, and, and the light, I'm always drawn to how the light comes through clouds. I love the clouds. Uh Um, but I'm, I'm experimenting more with like, with uh, images that don't involve sky. And that is Uh surprising to me. And I think partly, partly because I have listened to, um, and 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 looked at some of the work of 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 some of these folks who are doing um, these like small, more intimate landscapes, which I I hadn't really ever studied before. Um, sure, but I'm finding them really satisfying. In oh, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, and just um, and just being able to take a. a, a an interesting subject, like something that's small that catches my eye and kind of focus on it. Kind of like you did with those, the whatever lilies, I forget what you called them, but yeah. Those, corn lilies. yeah. So, and, and just being curious and I'm, I'm finding myself, I'm surprised at my curiosity. I think um, hmm. that I'm allowing myself to be more curious about things that I thought were silly before um, in, in the name of, that. In the name of not being judgmental of my own myself either, um, and and allowing myself to just you know because I don't know, allowing myself to experience it because I don't know um, what's going to come of that 
So I feel like I have to explore because of this impossible goal, I have to explore all the opportunities, all the things that I feel like a little curious about, like, what is that going to bring me? Oh, maybe once I do that, maybe, maybe that sparks curiosity about something else. And so that's been, that's also been surprising for me is kind of, um, where this, where this has taken me in the, some of the images that I've been taking. And, and also, I'm sorry if I'm talking a lot, but also, uh, in, you know, I should mention when I made this impossible goal, I had trips to two weeks in Costa Rica. I had a trip to South Korea. I had a trip to Iceland planned. I had all these trips planned. Like it was <laughs> in my head, it was going to be totally amazing, piece, right? Piece of cake, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go to Iceland. How easy is that going to be? You know, I mean, it's not, but you know, and I've learned that now I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go to all these amazing places. I'm going to get some images and I'm going to display them. But I, I don't, I don't think it, I thought it would be that easy, but certainly I thought I would have some good fodder, but now being like, you know, we had stay at home orders and for like two months. Yeah. And, and, and so I would just go over to the Creek or whatever. I've been going to my local Creek and just going there early morning, nighttime, middle of the day, whenever. I just, I feel like I'm open myself up to, oh, I, I have a feeling I need to go there and I just hightail it over there. And actually I woke up one day and, um, and I, by the way, I always have my backpack ready to go. So I've got all my gear in a bag it's done. I don't have to fuss with it. I prep it the night before. I've at least learned that, right? So um, batteries charged, all the things. I'm just always ready to go. Because like one day I opened my eyes super early and I could see a little bit of light in the sky. And my brain said, Brie, get out of bed and grab your bag. And so I did. Threw my shoes on. The creek is like three minutes from my house. I park and I walk out there. And I have I got one of my favorite images just from like listening to that little voice in my head that said, get your butt out of bed and go do some photography. Cause I, I thought I fought with myself. I was like, oh, you've been there before. Nah, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get another, uh, there'll be other sun, sunrises. I can sleep, you know, but listening to that voice in my head saying, get your butt up, get out the door, go over there. I, I got a, and I really like fine tuned some of the, I, I was like working with all kinds of different compositions. I just felt really curious that day. And I got a good, I got an image I'm actually really proud of, um, with some help from some NPN folks. Um, Is it the, uh, the Creek sunrise in Texas. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. It's really cool. Yeah. And if you turn around, by the way, I'm hearing so, so, um, in uh, David Hunter, um, I, 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 I was, um, uh, David Hunter messaged me cause he knew I was having some problems with focusing and he's like, don't forget to turn around. Or I, I, he like posted something. Don't forget to turn around. Cause you might get something really great. And so I'm listening to him, but in that, in that, <laughs> right. So I'm hearing him in my head, but if you turn around, there's like a road right there. And how many of the, how many times they like, if you knew the stories behind all so many photos, you turn around and there's like 
20 photographers or a road or whatever, you know, but, right. that, but that is special to me because I love sunrise. I love light coming through the clouds. That's like, like it, that sparks joy in my soul. And, um, and that is a place that's special to me that we go quite often and I love it. I love it there. Um, and so having that, I don't know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just so thrilled. I listen to that. So sometimes when I have that feeling, I'm like, oh, okay, fine, I'll go. And sometimes I don't get anything, but I went and, um, I, I just, you know, it would look really good on those rocks. What? Some snow. <laughs> wrong <laughs> i will I, I, but i did so so the day so i i bought a 100 to 400 and i, I didn't buy it new i bought all my gear um second hand or um with sure. and or uh, like i i bought i bought this telephoto on ebay and um we were go we went to utah for christmas and um i ski and everyone else snowboards i i ski for like half a day and then i'm good because I get cold. Um, but, but we were up at this, uh, ski resort and I got the 100 to 400. I got it in my hands. I came back to the house. My husband goes, there's going to be an awesome sunset. We should go. So this is like kind of the encouragement I'm talking about. So he, I go great, threw it in my bag, went up and I froze my butt off. I need some of those I need some of those gloves, you know, those special photography gloves that only show your finger, <laughs> your two fingers. Um, yeah. I'm going to ask for those for Christmas, but, but just going up there and having that and being excited about it and being so curious, but I, I, I still was in the snow and I was freezing, um, but it was great. I loved it. I was happy to free. I think my camera seized up because it was so cold, <laughs> but, um, but that is pretty cold. Yeah. It it really did. I I I was having some problems with the focusing, but um, but just just having those experiences or being excited. I think that's why people buy new gear, right? So we could get excited about it. <laughs> so. well, I think it is interesting how the pursuit of photography makes us, at least not all of us, obviously, but I think for a lot of us, it brings a new appreciation for life in general. Yeah, which I think is a pretty awesome thing. Yep. Amen. So, so Brie, last question, who would you be excited to hear on the podcast? All right. So I've been thinking about this. I just want to say like all the super amazing photographers that you've already had on, <laughs> right? Um, but I was thinking, you know, it would be interesting to explore. You could decide this or not. It'd be interesting to explore um, how it, more about... Um, more about how our minds can work, especially when we're uh, in the photography business. Cause I know a lot, you know, a lot of people that you talk to are in the photography business and how does that, you know, how does that kind of mess with your mind? And, you know, like what are all the thoughts that we have about it? So my husband actually works with a, a, a life coach who's, who, um, uh, who's a business coach. And I think her name is, uh, I think her name is BJ. And that would be super interesting to, um, uh, to have someone like that on and you could try and get Brooke Castillo, but she would be amazing. I, I, I think she would be amazing. Um, so, okay. and, and also, um, I was put in touch with a guy named George McCain. Now I actually don't, I haven't met up with him to go shooting with him. He's here in Austin, but he, he works with veterans 
and um and he helps them it, it's like therapy for them and he shows them how photography can um can be therapy for them and and just how uh and i think that would be interesting to learn to explore anyway about how how this pursuit of photography can be healing for us, uh, for, you know, uh, all of us or some of us. Um, and just by, just by, uh, having that time and maybe it's more meditation, but I, I, I really want to talk to him more about that part. Um, and, and, uh, it, it, so he he helps veterans, and then I'm also reading here he helps people who are in recovery. And how, like, if that helps, if that helps people who are are who are in those kinds of situations, imagine what it could do for us too. Absolutely. Well, awesome, Bree. This has been a lot of fun, and it's always great chatting with somebody with so much energy. And- <laughs> you didn't see me earlier, but yes, yes. <laughs> well, you, well, at least you got a nap in. Yeah, my the my friends call me the Energizer Bunny because I'm always like, "Let's go, let's wake up, let's get out of here." So, yeah, nice. thanks. Well, I, thank- it was an enjoyable conversation. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks to Bree for coming onto the podcast this week to tell us all about her impossible goal and how that has transformed her life for the better. I would love to hear about the goals that you have set for yourself in 2020 and what you plan to do to accomplish them. I also think Bree would love your support as she continues on her journey, so reach out and give her some kudos for her amazing work. I also want to take the time to thank the people we like to call our podcast producers. Their generous support is really helping keep me going, and I have met many of these people and they are wonderful human beings. So without further ado, I want to give personal thanks to Gary Randall, David Kingham, Danny LeFrancois, Jack Curran, Eric Stenslin. Jeff Peterson, Charlotte Gibb, Ken Dono, James Bakavoy, Anton Everine, Lori Berenson, William Nurse, Richard Wong, Matthias Joland, Suzanne Mathia, Frank Otto Peterson, Michael Rung, John Whitaker, Jason Clardy, Joshua Wallace, Drew Armstrong, Jim Valencourt, Jennifer King, Andrew Hawkins, Craig Young, Adam Bullyard, and Michael DiMiola. Thank you all so very much. And thank you to all the other Patreon supporters. Um, honestly, like you guys are bringing a smile to my face every day. I get new subscriptions and I love sending the thank you videos. So thank you all so very much for supporting what I'm doing here on the podcast. All right, well, let's talk about what's coming up. Next up on the podcast is Felix Inden. He's a photographer living in Germany. And I really love his photography and his style. And I'm looking forward to releasing that episode. It was a really wonderful conversation about how he balances uh, full-time work and pretty much a full-time professional photography schedule as well. So really great conversation. We've also got a lot of other amazing episodes that we've recorded, including one with Mark Mwench, one with Eric Bennett. I've got some recordings coming up with Cole Thompson. I've already recorded with a really awesome photographer in Portland named Jared Armijo. And coming up, we're doing a podcast with an interior designer named Nikolai Alexander. We also have Rob Hirsch. He is a photographer in the Yosemite area. And my friend Michael Remke coming on the show. Whew, packed schedule. Looking forward to releasing those. All right, well, that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.